Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What is going on? Welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Sathya Sam here. I'm your host. And we have a special guest today whose name is Drew Boa. He is a friend and a colleague. And as you'll find out in the podcast, he's also formerly a fellow Canadian. He does live in California now, but he was once in Canada. And um, it's just amazing how you get connected with people these days because Drew messaged me on Instagram uh, when he first launched Husband Material Men just to reach out, just to say, hey, how's it going? Uh, see that you're kind of in the same space as me and hope we can connect sometime. And that's honestly how it started. Um, I don't even know if he had his, I think he, he must have had his podcast launched or something at the time, but um, it really happened very um, organically that way. And, um, and we've been big supports of each other. Drew's helped me a lot in uh, a lot of different areas. And um, just watching him from afar, I was always a fan. And to be able to connect with him and finally interview him was, was such a privilege. So I know you guys are going to be really, um, yeah, you're just, you're really going to benefit from, uh, from his message. And, uh, it's funny cause you can have two people, uh, who are similar in their doctrine and their beliefs and their methodologies. And I would, I would say Drew and I are very alike. There's, there's probably very few things we disagree on or, or maybe do things differently, but yet the way that he portrays his message and the way he sort of conveys it to his audience is um is unique to him and he's got this great angle he's going to talk about this floss method which i think is really uh quite revolutionary in just how people can handle urges and thoughts and um and emotions even uh, it, it has several applications uh but um but yeah so i'm, I'm excited for you to dig in and uh, let's not waste any more time without further ado this is drew boa of husband material men enjoy Awesome. Well, I am here with the legendary Drew Boa, uh, founder of Husband Material Ministry, uh, coach and communicator who helps other guys get free of pornography, and author of a book called Redeemed Sexuality, uh, which is uh, based on some of his work uh, that he did uh, academically and some of his experiences as well. Uh, so, Drew, it is a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thea. Thanks for being on my show. Now I get to be on your show. I know. This is cool. We're doing the old two for one. You interview me, I interview you kind of thing. Um, and we had a great first interview. So this is lots of fun. Um, Drew, I have been an admirer of you from a distance for a while now. This is kind of the beauty of social media and Instagram. Uh, you put out some really good content. And even just the way you've crafted your ministry, calling it husband material and all of that, you've been very intentional. So I, I really have appreciated you and everything that you're doing uh, in this space to help guys get free of pornography. So thank you so much for your work and what you're doing. Um, but for those who maybe don't know you as well, um, those who haven't come into contact with your ministry and your content, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Why, why are you doing this and how did you get here? Yeah, thanks, Sathya. That kind affirmation keeps me going. And <laughs> um, I got into this reluctantly i never wanted to be the sex guy it's more like the guy who helps you not sexually act out <laughs> however 
God saved my marriage before it started by giving me freedom from pornography that was beyond freedom from behavior. It was freedom from the battle itself, like no longer a struggle, no longer stressful. And this has had huge implications for my faith and my family and my future. And how could I not continue this journey that God started in my life? So I'm, I'm along for the ride, helping other guys get those same results. Wow. It's amazing. Um, so you said God saved your marriage before it started. What, what do you mean by that? What happened? Yeah. So I was going through pre-engagement counseling because my girlfriend and I were deciding, okay, do we really want to commit to each other? Once we get engaged at that point, we know we're getting married. Like that's a commitment. So we need to go through all of the dark shadows and skeletons in the closet before I ask her to marry me. So we were going through pre-engagement counseling and the couple who was helping us told us, you need to spend some time together and tell each other all the reasons why the other person might consider not marrying you. Like what, wow. what are all the weaknesses that they might not know about? Give a full account of your flaws, of your, you know, of all the things you don't like about yourself. Wow. So I'm sitting in her apartment on her couch and staring at the carpet because I couldn't look her in the eyes. I didn't want to talk about this and my stomach is tight. I feel it now as I'm saying this, like um, my breathing was shallow and I did not want to tell her about my recent relapse into porn into masturbation. I had been free for over a year at that time. And that's when my most significant season of relapse came. Um, I was leading groups. I was beginning to write what would become redeemed sexuality. So I was the victory story. I was the guy who people were pointing to and saying, look, healing is possible. Look, Jesus does change lives. And that's when I, I felt like I was right back at the beginning. Like, God, I thought you healed me of this. And, and so I needed to say that to Rebecca. Okay. So you, you had just recently kind of had a relapse when this pre-engagement conversation happened. So this pre-engagement conversation was coming at a point in our relationship where I, I could not say that I was completely removed from pornography. Um, I couldn't say without a doubt, it's never coming back. I couldn't say, uh, the struggle is over because it was still stressful. It was still hard. And mm. as you know, all it takes is one slip, one defeat to feel like all your victories are worthless. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to be able to tell her on our wedding day when I commit to her that I can keep these vows that I'm making to you right now. And I can say with 100% confidence, I haven't just quit the behavior of pornography, I've outgrown it. Like, I just don't need it anymore. I just don't want it anymore. That's what I wanted to be able to say to her. I didn't know if that was possible. So I I told her about this and she loved me in that moment, in the middle of it. And I thought, okay, this is is now the most important priority in my life to be, to do as much research, training, personal healing as I can before marrying her. Wow. You know, I need to become husband material. And there it is. That's amazing. 
Very cool. So um, I've never heard anyone say it that way, but I love it. You you outgrew pornography. Um, so what were some of the main things that helped you not just kind of kick a habit, but actually outgrow porn? Yeah, I had no idea back in that pre-engagement counseling that porn actually was not my problem. It was the solution I had chosen for my real problems. Hmm. And the real problem was that underneath my sexual behavior, there was a little boy who needed love. Wow. Okay. And I, I was not aware of that little boy. And it wasn't the mature adult 24-year-old Drew who was tempted to watch pornography. It was the 13-year-old Drew who was still showing up in the present moment. It was the 15-year-old Drew. It was the 7-year-old Drew. And, and all of these younger parts of me that would resurface at different times, that would get triggered. And so in order to outgrow pornography, I needed to go back to that little boy and help him grow up. Wow. Okay, so, so how, how, how yeah. did you do that? One day I was watching YouTube videos on sexual addiction, just kind of funny, you know, usually people search for porn on YouTube. I'm searching for <laughs> how to treat sexual addiction. And I saw this video by Dr. Patrick Carnes, who is the grandfather of sex addiction treatment. He literally invented the term sex addiction in the eighties mm -hmm. and, and did a bunch of research. And he got to the point where he could actually hear about someone's sexual fantasies and predict their personality and their behavior based, based on something he called their arousal template. And he was talking about um, child pornography and, and why some people are drawn to child pornography and, it's, and it goes back to experiences they had when they were kids. And uh, their sexual development got stunted at a certain age and they remained stuck there and have never really progressed beyond that. And when he talked about your sexual development getting stunted, I was like, that's me. That's, that's exactly what happened to me when I was 13 years old. And porn was essentially my pacifier to, <laughs> that I was using to soothe myself in the middle of that horrific time of life. Okay. And so, um, so I watched that video and I was like, wow, my sexual fantasies that I, I don't like that I hate myself about the, the sexual fetish that was a huge part of the pull of porn on me. That was not random. And it didn't mean that I was a freak. That was evidence of these deeper wounds in my life. And, and the fantasies were giving me a symbol of the solution to my problems, which, which were feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, feeling powerless. I mean, those were the parts of my life that I had to say, all right, I, I'm no longer just uh, trying to manage my behavior. I need to go back to the little boy who felt powerless. I need to go back to the little boy who felt abandoned and rejected and start a relationship with him. So wow. the question is, okay, well, how do you bridge the gap, right? Like how do you get from feeling triggered in the present to finding those wounds of the past? And that's how I developed something called the floss method. Okay. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up because I want to ask you about this. Tell us, what is the floss method? All right. So the floss method is 
a simple acronym, F-L-O-S-S, that helps you access the hidden parts of your brain and your memories. So personally, I enjoy brushing my teeth. I brush multiple times a day, but I hate flossing. I mean, it's uncomfortable. Like if you haven't done it in a while, your gums bleed and you never know what you're going to find down there. Like there could be food from last week. Oh, it's so gross. Um, and yet it's, it's so necessary because it gets below the surface, right? It gets hmm. to those deep hidden places that you're not aware of that are, are still causing unhealth or they're, they're still affecting you. You just don't know they're there until you flossed them out. Hmm. So the floss method helps you do that with your brain. Like there are memories, there are experiences in your brain that are affecting you that you're not even aware of until you can go in and floss them out and realize, oh, this, this triggering experience, that's taking me back to when I was six years old or when I was 16 years old. You know, you, you find a thread and you follow it. Okay. That's what the floss method helps you do. That's so good. So what does somebody do then when they've, you know, they've started the floss method and they have an idea, okay, this thing happened when I was younger. I'm reconnecting with, uh, like you said, the, the child in you that maybe hasn't grown up or the development was stunted. What do you do with that once you've made that discovery? Yeah. Okay, so it starts with a trigger. So in the moment in your life, uh, there are things that disproportionately affect you, right? Things that maybe for somebody else would be normal, but for you, they're a massive deal. Like, oh, if, if, if something bad happens in my day, maybe I'm a little sad. But if something bad happens and I'm crushed or I'm devastated or if, um, or if I'm up against a challenge and I feel just terrified of it beyond a normal nervousness or a normal fear, you know there's some experience in the past that you, you got to floss it out. And so the first step is to just name, okay, I'm being triggered. I actually don't believe there's such thing as an overreaction. There are just reactions to realities we don't, we're not aware of. Hmm. Um, there, there, you know, I might be overreacting to you right now and getting really angry with you. I'm not really angry with you. I'm angry with something that happened a while ago. And now this is bringing that up. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you got to name the trigger. So let's just go through F-L-O-S-S. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So the F stands for fear. When you get triggered, when you have a disproportionate overreaction, there's the fear response in your body and your, your heart starts beating faster. Your, your breathing gets shallow. You, you can't think straight or, or something else happens. There are three types of fear responses, fight, flight, or freeze. So in fight, my response to the fear is to overpower it, to, um, to conquer it. For example, if you're, if you're sexually tempted, uh, a fight response would be, okay, I'm going to white knuckle my, my way through this. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to slap a Bible verse on it and I'm going to make Satan wish he never brought this temptation to me. And uh, that doesn't last very long and willpower is worthless in the end. But you know, it's that instinct to fight. And there's, there's a lot of porn recovery stuff out there like this. And I ultimately believe it's ineffective because it's, it's playing into this fear mentality. So, you know, you got to fight the battle and like, okay, yes, to a degree. And yet you're still controlled by the thing you're fighting. Yeah. So there's a fight response that we often have and you got to name that or it's a flight response. Now, this is my drug of choice is, okay, life is hard. Life is stressful. I'm going to run away, maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. 
Um, yeah. The fight response is more of an anger response. And then the flight is more of an anxiety of like, oh, this is too much. I got to escape. I'm, I'm going to flee reality. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to dissociate. I'm going to get on my phone and, and try not to think about it. I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to just uh, scroll social media and, and see if there's something that can take me out of this. And when I was 13 years old, uh, porn was my flight mechanism. Like, I hate my life, so I'm going to find life elsewhere. It was my flight. There's also a, a freeze mechanism. So in fight or flight, um, your brain becomes what's called hyper aroused. And, and you, you, you get anxious, you get agitated, and, and it's really hard uh, just to think. And you, but you're feeling everything in a fight or flight response. In, in a freeze response, it's the opposite. You get hypo aroused. So you shut down, you numb out. It's like, okay, this is too much. So I'm going to almost like play dead. Like, uh, you know, something bad happens and you just remain like stoic, unaffected. And this is a defense mechanism. This is a fear response of like, I'm shutting down so that this thing can affect me. Or I'm shutting down because um, there's nothing I can do. And so sometimes porn offers us this opportunity to, to numb ourselves. Um, but when you, get, when you get triggered, the main thing you got to do is ask, am I going into fight, flight, or freeze? Okay. And, and usually there's one of those tendencies that's going to dominate your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's 100% true. So F is fear. You're mm-hmm. acknowledging kind of your fear response. So right. fear is sort of synonymous with the trigger. Mm-hmm. What's next? What do we do after that? After that, you go to L, which stands for lie. Okay. I believe underneath every sin, there's a fear. And underneath every fear, there is a lie. If you're able to, if you're not completely... Um, okay, I'm, I'm just going to redo this. That's okay, um, yeah. Okay, so L stands for lie. Underneath every fear, I believe there is a lie at the core of it. You might not be aware of it. And in the moment when you get triggered, you probably don't have the cognitive ability to think, oh, what's the lie underneath this? But there is a lie there. Hmm. If you can name the lie, then that's really helpful to do in the moment when you're triggered and say, actually, I'm, I'm not seeing this correctly. There's a, there's a lie down here. If you're not able to name it, that's okay. And you can move on to the O, S. The next one's actually two letters, OS, which stands for origin story. And this is when things get interesting. So you take that fear response, whether it was fight, flight, or freeze, and you ask, when have I felt this way before? That is the most important question to ask. If you're able to name the lie, you say, okay, when have I felt like this lie was true before? Hmm. And go back as far as you can. Usually your memory can do this. The way the human brain is wired, uh, images will come back to you. Uh, stories will come back to you. A certain place, a certain time uh, when you felt like you wanted to run away. It was too much. Or a place when, when you wanted to fight and you just wanted to lash out at what was happening in your life. Maybe a time when you froze and, and, and you did nothing because... Mm-hmm you felt completely powerless and like nothing you do would make a difference. Um, whatever comes up for you in that moment is your origin story. So you name that and, and you 
you go back, you, you reimagine the event and remember, you know, the word remember, remember is remember, reconnect, uh, plug it in, connect the dots, uh, floss out that thread between this trigger affecting you in the present and the memory where it has roots in the past. Wow. That is so good. So in, in some ways, a trigger is kind of like a, a light on a dashboard, but it's not until you get to the origin story that you know kind of why the light is there. But there's always an association. You just have to do the work to get to it. Yeah, you have to do the work of going below the surface, right? The trigger is what's on the surface. And most recovery approaches out there are dealing with the surface. It's like, okay, fight against that temptation or flee that temptation rather than asking, okay, why am I experiencing this impulse? Where is this coming from? Um, yeah. And the origin story that ultimately taught me some kind of lie. So after you've identified the origin story, if you don't know the lie yet, it should be clear after you know the origin story. So for me, um, one of my origin stories, and probably the most important one, was when I was 13 years old, my family moved from Toronto, which is a beautiful place, a wonderful place, as you know, Sathya, <laughs> it is, <laughs> to Texas where I hated my life for many reasons. And um, my dad actually moved a year before us. So I was without my dad for a year. Wow. Before we moved to Texas, where I was floundering in school, in sports, had no friends. And I spent a lot of time on my computer, sexually fantasizing about the other girls at my school. So, so that origin story of moving against my will to a new country, um, losing my dad for that year taught me that I was rejected, hmm. that I was unlovable. So that was one of those lies that wow. was sewn into my heart through that origin story. So when I get triggered to, to run away, Sometimes it's because I'm feeling rejected and that's the lie. And that traces back to this origin story of when I was 13. So the last part of floss is once you have all that, it releases you for the last letter, which is S, which stands for sadness. And this is where instead of having a fear-based approach, it turns into a love-based approach because hmm. sadness is evidence of love. I can't be sad about something unless... I loved what was lost. And so to get mm. to the point of sadness is to look at that boy who was 13 years old and say, I love you. Or just to show him that I love him um, by calling him into my memory, by uh, giving him a, a, a hug in my imagination um, or replaying those memories and, and inviting God into them. Say, God, how did you feel about what was happening to me when I was 13? Hmm. And experiencing his sadness, grieving those wounds so that I can heal from them. Wow. So when you enter into sadness, it totally diffuses the fear response in your brain. And you can breathe deeply and you can have a sense of relief. And sometimes there's a weeping that erupts when, when you realize that origin story and, and the lies that were sewn into your heart, there's just a, a sadness that many of us are disconnected from that we need to let out. Huh. 
and and this is that point in in a session if you're working with a professional where you start crying um you know when when you have a breakthrough and you experience god's love in a new way when you can finally grieve what happened to you that's causing you to be triggered in the present moment wow that's amazing so i can i can just see that people would probably get these first couple steps pretty good like okay fear yeah am i fight flight or freeze uh, is there a line? If not, you go to the next step, you find your origin story. I could see people glossing over this last step, but I think what you're saying is actually very, very important. So what happens if you skip? Like what happens if you do floss without the, the last S? What does that leave you with? Why is this last step so important? Because yeah. even just hearing the term sadness, you know, sometimes people might get the wrong idea about that. So can you just ex- yeah. explain why is that so significant? That's so significant because if you don't have this last S, you will have an intellectual understanding of what's going on in your head and your emotions will remain completely unaffected. Your impulses will remain completely unaffected. You feel like, Oh yeah, I know what's wrong with me or I know what's happening, but it's still controlling you. Hmm. It's not until you can allow your body to experience the sensation of sadness to, to have love for your younger self, the transformation is going to come. The, the information of what you learn about yourself in the origin story is all well and dandy. Information alone doesn't change anything. Hmm. You need to have an experience, a corrective experience that, that will show your brain, okay, that memory back then, I'm actually looking at that in a new way now. And, and it, that memory can actually change. You know, when... Hmm when we look at these traumatic memories or these wounding memories, um, the, our origin stories, usually when we remember it, God's not a part of it. It's like, well, where was God? Well, either he was causing it to happen and I hate it, or he was absent and I feel abandoned by him. Hmm. When you can enter into sadness, Jesus joins you in the memory and it becomes a source of strength and healing. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So in, in some ways, because... Whatever the trigger might be, whatever the issue is, its roots are always going to be emotional. So yeah, totally. Until you do that last step, you're not actually reaching an emotional resolution. Bingo. Yep, that's it's amazing. unresolved until that yeah. point. Yeah. So in some ways, it actually it doesn't do you any good until you reach that, and that's why you do the other steps is to reach that emotional resolution. Yeah, you want to reach that, and let me be clear: this is not a cut and dry, once and done kind of method you got to continue to floss. If you know anything about dental hygiene, flossing one time is not going to lead to long-term health. You got to do this regularly when you get triggered, when you get tempted. And it's best to floss it out with a friend because when you are cognitively unable to handle temptation, you're probably not going to be able to handle the floss method either. You, you need to have a safe space where you can process it rather than trying to think about this really hard on my own. Um, mm. So it's best to have a friend with you to create that little bubble where you can do this deeper work. Cause let's be real. None of us really want to do this. Um, and so it can help to have a friend, an ally, a mentor, a professional with you as you're doing this deeper work. And on a, on a regular basis, it becomes easier and you continue to floss out more and more as time goes on. It, it is a journey. And 
about sadness, you know, this, this kind of sounds like a letdown in a way. It's like, oh, it ends with sadness. That's so depressing. Well, <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, you know that sadness saves the day. That's true. You're right. <laughs> I right? never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So joy is in many ways the main character of the film and, and joy is trying to control everything and trying to be happy no matter what bad stuff happens. Only sadness can help the brain come back into integration and hmm. into making choices on purpose, into making healthy choices um, in response to pain and suffering. Wow. It's so good. It's so good. Honestly, the, the floss method alone could be an interview because there's, there's so much depth there and a lot of dimensions. So that's a really good discovery. Um, I'm curious uh, for you, Drew, you obviously you're working with guys regularly. You do quite a bit of coaching. Um, and on this podcast, we're, we're talking about freedom um, in general, uh, not just necessarily for porn recovery, but uh, obviously the principles that will get you free in porn recovery are going to be applicable universally. Um, what are you observing in the guys that you work with? What are the areas that you really have to focus on? Um, mm -hmm. What's, what are some of the, some of the hot spots, some of the trending topics? What are the mm -hmm. places where guys really need help? Yeah, there are really two dimensions of the healing process that we focus on. I like to call it outside in and inside out. Mm. So in outside in, you're setting up a system that will position you for success. Uh, basic things, you know, daily self-care, uh, weekly phone calls, uh, reading, doing worksheets. Now, all these things can kind of come in from the outside to help, help you heal on the inside. There's also the inside out healing. This is what we focus on in our sessions. We're particularly focusing on, okay, what's going on within you? that if that was resolved, then it would have effects on the outside. And there are really two parts of inside-out healing that I see having the most transformation. Uh, one is understanding your fantasies, your sexual fantasies, and kind of the meaning behind them. And we've talked about that a little bit, but the other part is your family. And going back to your relationship with your mom, your dad, your siblings, childhood experiences that are continuing to impact you and um, fantasies and family are so critical. If you can do a lot of work in those two areas, you'll see great results. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. I think the family dynamic cannot be overstated. It's uh, it's so pivotal for our, sorry, pivotal in our development and certainly in our recovery. Um, just as we wrap up here, Drew, what, what would you say to the, to the guy, um, Maybe someone who's even in a professional career, they're um, they're struggling. They're struggling with something that's kind of taking a grip on their life. Obviously, we turn to these kinds of things to get freedom, or not to get freedom, but to get some sort of satisfaction. Um, yep. But it doesn't work in the long run. What what would you say to the person who's struggling, who needs a way out? First of all, it's not your fault. Was it your fault that? Uh, Things happened to you when you were a kid that you couldn't control in your family? No. Was it your fault that you probably didn't have any kind of guidance or support in your sexuality? Was it your fault that people didn't talk about it in a healthy way at your school, at your church? Was it your fault that you never 
had any great resources when you were little? Was it your fault that uh, internet pornography became available right at the time when you were growing up or right at the time when you were becoming an adult? Was it your fault that it was anonymous, available, affordable, and always there right when you needed it? No, this is not your fault. At the same time, it is your responsibility. You have a choice to make about how you are going to respond to this reality. You didn't choose it. You didn't cause it. You do have a choice of what you're going to do with it. And that's why guys like Sathya and me are here to help you on that journey. Wow. Amazing. Well, you're a fountain of knowledge. I really appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, Drew, if uh, people want to connect with you a little bit more, find out more about what you do, where can they go? They can go to drewboa, D-R-E-W-B-O-A.com to apply for a free coaching session with me, or they can go to husbandmaterial.com for weekly videos and podcasts. Um, and uh, those those are available. Um, got a podcast with Sathya Sam, which you can listen to. Um, and, uh, and connect with me on Instagram at husbandmaterialmen. Amazing. That's awesome. And we, uh, we do have some links for some of the resources you mentioned uh, that mentioned the floss method in a little more detail and for your book as well, Redeem Sexuality. So we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Uh, Drew, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. Thanks, Sathya. Wow, that was an amazing interview with Drew. Um, I have so much respect for anybody who's willing to just, you know, uh, put their story out there with that kind of transparency. And um, yeah, anyone who does that gets kudos in my books. But, you know, Drew is an amazing communicator as well. And just the way he broke everything down, it's so practical, it's so simple, but really, uh, really powerful. And so I hope you put the floss method to use. And if you do want a little bit more help with that, uh, there's going to be links in the show notes for you to check that stuff out. Um, you know, uh, the last thing I just want to wrap up here with is uh, really um, just thinking more about ministries like Drew. And, um, you know, when I was struggling with pornography, uh, well, I mean, it's been five plus years since I got free, but I was struggling 10, 15, 20 years ago. There was nothing like this out there, you know, and it, it's an amazing time that we live in with um, podcasts and blogs and lots of coaches and communicators and people who are just uh, getting the message out there and really making an effort to help. So uh, I want to encourage you. There's lots of people in this space that you can check out. And it really is about you finding the thing that is going to serve you the absolute best. I just think that is the most important thing. Um, I know some people are like almost annoyed that there's so many voices out there and it's such a crowded space, but I really don't see it that way. I just think um, the more voices we have out there, the better and the more people we can serve because I know that the way I do things is going to work for some people and it's not going to work for others. And so those others need to find somebody else who's going to be better suited for them. And uh, I'm more than okay with that. So uh, it's an incredible time we live in. And, you know, if you are looking to take your freedom to the next level, I just encourage you uh, get out there, look, um, look online, uh, see if you can find uh, somebody who, who feels like the right fit for you. And uh, I can pretty much guarantee you, you'll be glad you did. Those first steps are usually the hardest, but they are also the most rewarding. So uh, without further ado, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to join my newsletter, uh, you can do that on my website, sathiasam.com. That link is in the show notes as well. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. 
To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.